That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, a podcast where we discuss in depth and detail the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast from Disney. We are really excited to be sharing with you Minute 5 today. I'm Janae, and we've got Bobby here as well. Hi. (laughs) So, let's just dig right in. The first thing I've got for this minute is the bookkeeper's glasses. Again, this is like getting into the details, the nitty gritty <laughs> of things. Like, I love that it shows the distortion in his glasses right. as it's looking at his face. And then it kind of does like a really weird, like upside down eye thing at the very end. And that's always, I don't know, I've always <laughs> noticed that and it kind of throws you off. I don't think I've noticed that. Uh, I guess it just is a magnification now that I'm looking at it carefully. It just looks really weird. But I always thought that was cool how they how they actually showed the magnification through the lens of his glasses. So he's got a pretty bad eye problem from what we're seeing from the distortion, which I guess probably comes from reading all those books. Probably a lot of them <laughs> late at night by candlelight. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would do something to your eyes. And uh, besides that, it's just, again, looking at all the stuff on the shelves. I think I actually mentioned most of the stuff we see in this minute in the previous minute yesterday. Right. Um, but he's got all these little... We both got excited. We both went over some of the things. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bunch of little knickknacks and stuff sitting around that let you know he's not just a bookseller. He loves reading the books himself. He likes learning and uh, experimenting with things a little bit. Okay, so are we ready to move outside the bookstore? Let's get out of there. Okay, so I think the men are hilarious that are standing outside. So there's these three men who are standing outside the bookstore looking in the window at her. And then when she comes outside the bookstore and she um, says goodbye to the bookkeeper, they pretend like they weren't paying any attention. And then as soon as she walks off, they all like zoom in together like tight and they're like holding the short guy. I don't know. It's really weird. But, um, and they're like, Look, there she goes. That girl is strange and all this stuff. But you can tell they're like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Because why else would they be ogling this girl who they're like, they think is weird? Yeah. Yeah. I I have written down (laughs) the creepers watching her through the store window. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the creepers. Every town has one, right? (laughs) Well, this town has three. And one of them is like... He's this super fat guy. I mean, there probably weren't a ton of people overweight. So, you know, he's got to be eating good. And that means he's probably pretty well off. Um, right. But he's overweight and he like jumps on the other guy's shoulders and they're swinging him around. It's like, okay, you would not be the one, even though you're shorter, you would not be the one I'd want to be lifting up on my shoulders and have you swinging around. I know, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, those and then guys. What's, what, what's up with his shirt? I mean, I, I guess because he's fat, you can't find a shirt that fits. It's, yeah. But that kind of bugs me throughout the song. Kind of contradictory because you think if he's overweight, then he eats well, so he must be well off. But if he is so well off, why can't he get clothes that fits him? Yeah, maybe he's like the son of the baker or the butcher or something, so has access to lots of food. But yeah, the baker was rather overweight, wasn't he? The Hmm. butcher was pretty slim. Yeah, but neither of them were blonde, I don't think. No. Anyway. I think the baker was like a redhead or something. Yeah. Anyway, so there's those guys, creepers. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I really like how during the book scene, like the music continues. So it's not like the music stops、right. and then you pick it back up again, but the music continues in the background and they're not necessarily singing, but it's kind of part of the song. I always, you know, thought of it as,、right. as one continuous song. And so I like how they were able to do that, even though there is this dialogue in the middle、the、of the song. Underscoring. So it's still the same song. Yeah, it doesn't ever stop. I do love that.、Um, okay, so. I really like.、Um, oh well, it looks like you have some notes about some other things before. I wanted to talk about the sheep and the lady at the. <laughs> at the thing. <laughs> do you have anything before we get there? Of course, of course, I do.、Um, so first off, we kind of skipped over.、Um, well, we didn't skip over, it, but we didn't really talk about yet that he gave her the book. You know, she said, "Oh, it's my favorite."、Right. Blah blah blah. I've read it three times or whatever. Right. He and- doesn't let her just borrow it again. He's like, "You can keep it." Yeah, if you like it all that much, it's yours. And she's like, "But, sir!" And she's shocked because books were kind of pricey,、um, right? You know, they were not common commodities. A lot of people would save up for a long time back in the day just to like buy a family Bible, and that was、right. the book they had.、Um, so he's just like giving away stuff. So I tried to look it up, and the closest thing I could find was I think in England in 1752, a book cost nine shillings, and a day of labor. Oh, was ten、wow. shillings or not a day? Oh, gosh, a, a week, week of, of labor. labor. <laughs> so, if you take like the modern laborer of today, most of those guys expect to get like a hundred bucks a day. So we're talking. This is a five hundred dollar book he's giving her. So it's no small thing to just right, give her、right. this book. That's a really good point. So I thought that very was, generous. That was you know she was always like, <gasps> how does he survive?、Yeah. How that's the thing. I just still. I mean, I know we've talked about it already, but I don't know how these people lived. He didn't do anything, and he didn't sell books maybe, anymore. Maybe he's he's probably just given up at this point. He's like the only people that bought books don't buy books anymore. I might as well give it away because I'm not making any money. I just have this girl borrowing my books all the time. But he's really happy. He really likes her.、Um, yeah, yeah, he does. I don't know. Maybe he has like some sort of like side hack that he does. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but <laughs> a tutor. That would make a lot of sense, but the, I guess there's no. Well, there's stuff in there like the globe. You don't really need a globe unless you're teaching somebody about geography. So I don't know. That's possible.、Um, I was gonna. I was gonna say that it, it's possible if he did provide the court with their books that there were people in the kingdom, but outside of the like castle court that weren't、oh. court cursed. And so possibly he still has those nobles coming to him. So he probably still has clients, and that's how he's able to stay open. It's just that they have somehow miraculously, magically forgotten about the ones that were right there, or they just ignore the fact that that happened、yeah. at all. Well, which of course, if that's true, that there's other nobles in the area who come to him, then it just adds to the fact that they can't be that small of a town because they're、yeah. well, they're large enough that they have like the only bookstore in. Miles and miles, so <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Good so to know. good to know. As we're walking along, he comes to a few things that I, I definitely wanted to mention, and one is that Bell is like extremely skilled at reading. I know. Like、right? I can read pretty much anywhere. <laughs> I read a lot. Well, I used to read a lot, but she's reading while she's walking, and then being assaulted like several times along the way. I mean, I've read while I've walked a couple of times, but you kind of always have your peripheral vision on, and you still like glance up every so often. She never glances up. 
and I don't know. I think I figure if you're doing that, you'd still have to know like where you were and be familiar with the route and the obstacles in the way. But she's walking along and she jumps through the jump rope without even no looking at all. Do without even looking. And then she pats this little kid's head, and <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Oh, really? I did not even notice that. Hilarious. But uh, but oh yeah, there it is. That kid. I, I noticed the kid, but I didn't notice the pat. But the one that has always gotten me, and I've always been like, that is disgusting. Is the lady with the bucket dumped out of the window? Ew. Now, if we're gonna, it looks like water. It looks like water, but it probably is not. It's probably <laughs> it's probably water based. If we're going to be conservative, we say she, maybe she was just like using that to wash their hands, right? Or right. that was just extra water that for some reason she's dumping. But most likely that is human refuse that she's dumping because that's what they used to do back in the day. You just tossed it out the window, right. and that's Into why the, the street. streets were nasty. Because and while the plague was there, and, yeah. And so Belle is just like, hey, this is just a normal thing that. I guess happens all the time because she like without missing a beat, she's walking along and she just like blocks this flow of water coming down with the, with the pipe sign, which I guess is a pipe store. I don't know. They have their own pipe store in this village. (laughs) (laughs) They had to come up with something, I guess they were like, Hmm, what kind of stores would they have in this town? A bakery, a butcher. Well, it's interesting though, because the butcher isn't even like a store. It's a stand, by the way. And then there's the bookstore and a pipe store. What else could you need? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go. who needs clothes or like shoes or whatever? Pipes. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gotta smoke. Okay. So I think that that pretty much rounds up the villagers bringing us to the fountain scene. Right. Okay. So she comes to this fountain and she starts singing. And okay. So first of all, it's the same song, but it's a different like theme. It's like slowed mm-hmm. down and it's um, more like thoughtful and pretty, whereas the rest of the song is just. And this is like. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry for my singing. I hope people are not turned off because of that. But so that, first of all, is the difference. I mean,. That all of a sudden now you get to see inside her world a little bit more inside her mind. And um, she's enjoying this book and singing about all these things that are happening in the story of this book that is her favorite. And I think you probably noticed this, but almost everything that she says happens in the book that she loves is going to happen to her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Foreshadowing. So that's one thing. And also, I'm not sure whether to go with the sheep or the washerwoman first, but (laughs) (laughs) okay, the washerwoman is hilarious to me because she's so funny. (laughs) She, she like hears the singing and you see her hear it and she kind of stops washing and then she looks to her left and then she looks up and then she looks to her right and then she looks at beauty or Belle. And I'm like, um, was it really that, like, like, how did she not know exactly where the sound was coming from, first of all? Yeah. Why did she look up when she was trying to find the source of the singing, second of all? That's just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then she's so offended that Belle is singing. 
and she goes off in a huff with her nose in the air. And I'm just like, really, why is singing so offensive? I don't get it. I definitely you know, took <laughs> note on the same thing. It, it's so funny because, you know, like you said, Belle shows up and she's singing there. And I think the reason that she doesn't immediately see her, there are a few, but Belle's kind of like on the opposite side of the fountain. So right, maybe, maybe it was blocked a little that, bit. Yeah, maybe the, the, the fountain thing in the middle was, was blocking her view of Belle. And then her voice is just kind of reverberating around because it's a, it's a round courtyard area and there are buildings on all sides. Oh, um, so maybe the, the voice is like echoing around and she can't really tell where it's coming from and can't clearly see Belle. But yeah, it's just funny that she's, she's looking around and then she's like, Oh, it's Belle. <laughs> oh. like, she wasn't even angry until she found out it was Belle. <laughs> Yeah, she was like super happy washing her stuff and she sees Belle and she huffs off. And I'm assuming she didn't finish her laundry. I mean, right. it looks like she just packs it up and leaves. That led me to think a little bit about the character of Belle, like not the not the character Belle, but the character of Belle as a person in the town's eyes. We know that they think she is weird and she's a little strange. She's not quite all there. But this lady's reaction, that's like, I'm offended by you being near me. Right. And that ties back into what we were talking about uh, earlier this week, where we were wondering about her age. And I was thinking she was kind of younger, more towards the 16 age, just because that's what a lot of the Disney princesses are. Um, and you were thinking she might be more towards 19. And the reason I was thinking younger is because she's not married yet. And she's got Gaston, who's, you know, a suitor. And in the other stories, you know, she has a lot of suitors. And back then, that's kind of the marrying age was around then. If right. you're getting up into your 20s, you're already an old maid. There's something wrong with you. Right. And if she is older and people think she's weird, that would make sense. You know, she's weird. She's older. She's not married. And right. this lady's reaction makes me think, okay, maybe she has a bad rep. Maybe the town, for some reason, has given Belle, like, a bad reputation, that she might be, like, a disreputable woman. And that's why this lady's so offended. I don't know how that could be the case. Interesting. Or maybe she's an old maid herself, and she's jealous. And so she's like, this girl has all the opportunities I never had. I'm offended by the fact that she's not taking the opportunities I didn't have. I like that one a lot better. (laughs) I mean, just, it could be, could not, but... It's possible. I don't know. Yes. I just thought of that while you were talking. So, but then we'll also see some people that she that Belle associates with, kind of not really. Um, but the but the three girls that are oh. pining after Gaston, if they are the kind of women that have that uh, that reputation, and they're associated with Gaston, and he's associated with Belle, maybe that is part of it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So. Anyway, yeah, so there's her. And then um, with the sheep, with the sheep, I love that she's just sitting there talking to them like they're her friends, which, I mean, makes me think again, obviously, she doesn't have a lot of friends. (laughs) How often (laughs) does she talk to animals? Like, she has those birds that greet her in the morning when she comes out of her house, and she's got sheep that she chats with about her books because they're the only ones who'll listen and i do think it's funny though that the sheep like one of the sheep tears off a corner of the page and starts to eat it did you notice that how could you not notice that i mean it's so obvious but i'm like why does she (sighs) not even seem phased by that exactly because all the book lovers i know like the serious book lovers that i know are horrified if you even like leave a book face open face down because it'll ruin the binding or if you dog and i'm like and you're gonna let the sheep 
eat your book. So funny to me. I'm the like, five hundred dollar hmm. book that the guy just gave you. Yeah, <laughs> your gift of a five hundred dollar book. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, that has always bugged me since I was a little kid. It's like you love books. I mean, she's got to be a little forgiving because they're her only friends. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say about the book itself? Because we get a really good view of the illustration and the words and stuff. It's. In- I always found the illustration interesting because it looks like a beautiful woman and a beast and a flower garden. Is what the picture yes. looks like to me. And I've always noticed that, and it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, I'll, again, the obvious foreboding to, to what's going to happen. Right. But I, I like that the woman in the picture is wearing blue. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So she's wearing blue, and that's kind of like Belle's, Belle's color so far. I like that it looks kind of like other um, classic French illustrations of the time period. Yeah. It's really pretty. So I was looking at the details of the book, and you can't see much of the words. Like, I think there are probably real words there, but you can't tell what they are. But the the uh, the title under the picture says, like, The Charming Prince. So I thought that was oh. kind of fun they put in that, that detail, even though most people will never notice it. Right. Right. And it says it in French. I like that it's and, in French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the last thing I have for this minute is at the very end of this minute... I don't know which sheep it is, but it jumps like four feet in the air. And it's just like this super duper leap. The high jumper. Yeah. High jumper of sheep. So these are the magical French jumping sheep, I guess. That's so funny. They're the ones that the counting sheep are based on. Ah. Right. But yeah, that's, that's all I have for this minute. You got anything else? I don't think so. Oh, I did have one thing. So... Um, so I talked about how her theme that she sings during this last section at, or this section at the fountain is a different than the rest of the song. Just keep that in mind because I had never noticed this until like yesterday that when you listen to Something's There when she's with the Beast, it's the same theme. Yep. Okay. Well, you're smarter than I am. How did I? I don't know how I did never notice that, but it kind of blew my mind a little bit because it shouldn't, though, because Alan Menken is brilliant songwriter, and so of course he would think of doing something like a theme repeating later on in the musical, but I just didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that unless you're paying really close attention, you don't notice. But I love right. how like in a lot in the Disney movies they do that a lot, and they kind of like pull in. You know, everybody has like their own little theme music, and they pull right. in different stuff um, for different parts of the movie, and it all kind of ties together into one piece. Yes. Anyway, that's it. That's all I have. So with that, we finished up our first week of Beauty and the Beastly Minute, talking about Beauty and the Beast one minute at a time. We hope that you have enjoyed being here with us this week and that you will join us again on Monday. So be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think, either on our social media, um, our Facebook, website, Twitter. We're all at Beastly Minute. And especially we would ask you to go to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. And 
And more importantly, it lets other people know what you think of the podcast so that more people can find it. Be sure to share this podcast with friends and family that love Disney and that you think will enjoy it. Um, Janae, do you have any closing words for this week? That's pretty much it. Um, you can find me on Facebook as well at JH Voiceover. And we are excited to be doing this and looking forward to next week's as well. So hope you have a great weekend. And don't forget, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Woo! Our theme music is by Duo Hansen. Something is really different on the growler.